So the one thing that I really dislike that I do is that I keep going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then yes, yes. And I try to cut them out. And you try, but the thing is, I can still hear myself from your mic. Oh, that's true. Which yep. is extra annoying. Sound isolation is quite poor. Yeah, I think this is like media training 101, I think, if we were to do media training of any sort. Maybe if I make a hand puppet with my <laughs> hand and then just <laughs> acknowledge with that, that might do like a pseudo need. Edwin's dying right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you had a spare sock. Exactly. And maybe some googly eyes. It's the affirmation sock. It's just affirming what you're saying and saying like, I got you, I got you. I mean, of course, you could use your actual head. Because mm. mm. I think this happens like when you're on a Skype call because you can't see each other. Right. Aha! Ah, fuck! Because you can't see each other, so you feel like you need to interject or at least say, you know, affirming words like, yes, I'm listening. Kind of like when you call your parents and you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, yes, mom, uh-huh. The Asian thing to do is to just simply nod your head as you're using the phone as well. Okay. Even though they can't <laughs> see you. Things I don't really nod my head. You're not a nodder. No, I'm not a nodder. Mm-hmm. I do nod when I'm acknowledging someone as I walk by. The silent eyebrow raise nod. The silent, yeah. Or like the eye raise, which I feel is very Filipino. Yeah, you've got that down nicely. And or um, the, the white man half smile. Right. The, <laughs> it sort of like looks like Wasn't a, there a YouTube? Kermit smile. <laughs> there was a YouTube video. <laughs> We'll put that in show notes. But I feel like that should have gone away when we're in person because then you don't have to say, uh-huh, yes, I'm listening because I can merely look over and see you. Yeah. But I do it too. <laughs> so. I just did it again. <laughs> but I did it too. Yeah. But that is something, like when you start, if you were to watch, you know, actors, professional interviewees be interviewed, you will all notice that they don't do that at all and they're kind of very silent. And then they also repeat the question in the answer or they phrase the answer in a way that incorporates the question so they can just cut to their response and they don't have to have the interviewer asking them the question. Yeah, and I like how they actually take their time in breaking down the question sometimes. And it gives them time to think about it. So let's say, ask me a complicated question. Ask me a complicated question. Oh God, that's actually quite hard. As the question asker. Wow, my mind has gone completely blank. That's not good for uh, hilarious podcasting. One one example would be, so what did you think of the latest WWDC? Right? So mm-hmm. that is a loaded question. Um, normally, I'd be like jumping straight to the answer, saying like, it was okay. Um, but I think someone who is more professional than I am would be like, what did I think about the WWDC? That was two weeks ago, wasn't it? Hmm. Let me think about that. It ran a little longer than I expected. I know that was one of my first observations. Essentially stalling. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Stalling, but productive stalling. Right? That's pretty much my entire career to date. (laughs) (laughs) Is there an app for that? Productive (laughs) stalling. I heard yesterday about the app for naps. Have you heard about this? Yes, I told you about it. Well, no, I was... Well, I, I know that. Media training 101. When someone gives you yes. a lob, 
Don't <laughs> throw it back in their face. But have you heard of this nap app? The nap I app? Have, I've heard of the nap app. Um, I think there are a couple now, but the one that sort of started things off was an app called Paziz. And this is not just sleep tracking. It's not sleep tracking at all. Oh, okay. It's uh, a soundscape to help you nap. Mm, okay. And it times it. Uh, to initially, like it'll help you relax, mm-hmm. and then hopefully gets you into some sort of REM state. And it has like binaural noises to to help you slow down and relax. And then at the end of twenty minutes or like whatever time that you set, um, it slowly wakes you back up. Mm. Um, and the whole concept is that naps are really beneficial for you. Something I've been espousing for a very long time. Um, but the cool thing about the app was that it was entirely dynamic. So one, the audio from one nap session wouldn't be necessarily the same as another nap sesh. What I use for that is Freesia. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because it's very, it's relaxing. And then at the end of the 25 minutes, it wakes you up with the jazzy theme song about scrambled eggs. I would do the and that same wakes thing. Me up. <laughs> I would do the same thing with um, Seinfeld, <laughs> like a Seinfeld episode. Oh, I feel like those bass stings are a little bit too jarring, and they kind of shake you out of your nap zone. Went to see Wonder Woman last night. How did that go? The actual experience of going to the movie theater. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Assigned seating. It was one of those where the seats recline into essentially a bed, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. I like some recline, but I don't necessarily want to be lying down on a gross, flabby bed that hundreds of other people have sat in slash lied in. I've heard this. There's like an electric button that the feet come out, mm-hmm. and it's essentially a lazy boy. Or what I imagine a lazy boy is like. Were there speakers on the chairs? Mm, I don't believe there was, no. This is Jersey. Come on. Because <laughs> there are some... Um, I think I have been there. Was this a Starplex? This is the AMC mm. at the Newport Mall. <laughs> because that's what I do now. I'm in Jersey. I go to the mall. <laughs> went to the Cheesecake Factory. Went shopping in Zara and H&M. And then went to the movie theater. Zara is so good, though. The, they do have a sale on right now. Yes, uh, the touch and go. Touch so and go. the reason why Zara is really good, and these are because um, my wife is in the fashion industry, and she's told me that she's one in of shoes. The, she is in shoes. Constantly in shoes. Constantly. She's, she always has to wear shoes. She's an always shoed. Unlike us savages. Well, they're us never hobbits. nude. <laughs> always shoed. Yes. <laughs> so normally... And other companies like Gap or even like Uniqlo, um, it takes about six months to a year for something to be designed and produced and come and comes to the public. Mm. With a company like Zara, they're always producing, so it's very much in like the iterative startup mentality, and it can take as short as three weeks before something is out to consumers. Then mm. the fashion houses hate Zara because they can just. They put out their fancy runway shows and Zara has cheap knockoffs within a matter of weeks. Exactly. Mm. And isn't that amazing? Well, I would, I mean, why not? Yeah, and I think they are, they think they overtook Gap as the biggest retailer per square foot 
in the US, I think. That's, uh, I believe so. I'm yeah. not sure because um, I think with like these brick and mortar stores, um, having like a physical location and like the, the property stuff is, is key. Um, but I don't know how that all plays a part because I'm not in the industry. I don't know what I'm thinking. We should have my wife as a guest. Oh my God, that would be so good. Yes, absolutely. But the experience of going to a Zara is so horrible though. Mm. Like, online, great. In the in the store, oh my God, it's terrible. I just don't understand why people go to stores anymore. I don't understand how they still exist because I think my main beef, and this happens at H&M as well, is the line to pay is so long and there are so few people working the, on the on the checkout registers to a, to a point where I'm baffled. Like, do they? Is it like a nightclub where they deliberately want lines? Like, is that a strategy? Do, it's they, only, do they not want you to pay for these? I just it so what they me. do now, which is super annoying, is that now they have these long lines that are ever slow moving, mm-hmm. and they have like little chocolate bars. <laughs> especially in H&M they have like chocolate bars they have like eye makeup they have like hand sanitizers that they sell like on the line as you're waiting to 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 check out and I think that's like absolutely ridiculous that's not solving the problem at all that's like <laughs> making things worse like you obese while you wait to pay for your <laughs> cut price garments no but it's absolutely ridiculous and that's why I think um, some of these experiments with Amazon and like what they're doing with their pop-up stores yeah where you can just go in if you're an Amazon Prime member and you can just pick something up and just walk out and it recognizes you, um, I feel like that's the right step. Yeah, I think do. Apple Store does that sometimes as well. There's a, some system. I don't go to Apple Stores enough, but... Right. The last time I was there, they had those people with the little iPhones that had the card readers. Oh, well, that's, that system's even worse. I hate that system more than having to wait online. Mm. But I think for accessories and small items, you can pay for them on your own phone without having needing anyone, and then you can just walk out with them. The way you pay for goods in stores, ripe for disruption. Like, why is there no self-checkout at H&M? I mean, I'm sure people steal shit, but they steal shit anyway. I feel like they could just triple their, their profits if people... If, they didn't have to wait for 25 minutes to pay for their goods. Because I cannot count the times I've gone to an H&M, seen something, I'm like, oh, I might buy this. Look over, see that the line is like 20 people and go, oh, fuck it. I don't need this. Yeah, I really, I'm not waiting 20 minutes. But that's so true. I think the thing that they're concerned about is fraud. People stealing. Yeah. Breakage. I believe they call it in the biz. Loss prevention. Oh, wait. No, breakage is where... Wait. Now, this is also a thing with gift cards, right? They love gift cards because people always leave, well, but often people just leave some amount of money on the gift card, which is essentially money back in the corporation's pocket. But gift cards are a huge scam. Not a scam, but corporations love gift cards because they work in their favor in, in total. So I, think I, feel like, I feel like we're falling into the same trap that we talked about, which is we talk about a subject that we agree... It's not something that we're happy about, but we talk about it for more than 10 minutes. So this is our second take at this episode. <laughs> and previously we retail is not <laughs> Retail is fascinating though, but yes, okay. Agreed. We, we actually had a 360 review. This is not going in the show. What? No. There's no behind the scenes chat. There might be, I mean, there may be a making of documentary in years to come. 
But I don't think, uh, yeah, that's how the show is made is even less interesting than me prattling on about gift cards. Okay. Well, we did have a discussion previously that um, uh-huh. that was previously recorded where we talked about the WWDC for 20 minutes. Right. And that mentioned is- how stupid the HomePod name is, which I think needs to be said again. HomePod. <laughs> and that's it. Okay. And that it looks like a shaved pineapple. It does look like a shaved pineapple. It looks like a um, a wannabe Mac Pro <laughs> that didn't become a Mac Pro. It's like an adolescent Mac Pro that hasn't oh, shaved. Right, yeah. It's a little bit fluffy around the edges. <laughs> um, yeah, and now we're talking about Zara and retail. Which I have no problems about, but yeah, that's good. I don't think this is what the listeners of is just a show. I don't think they really for. know anything about what they <laughs> tune in for. <laughs> so what's this week's show about, Sam? So this week's show is about games. Is that specific enough? Mobile games that we've finished. Is this a show about Monument Valley 2? Okay. Let's do it. Is this a show about Monument Valley 2? Yes, it is. Cue the music. This week, we've been playing Monument Valley 2. Well, actually, that's a lie. I played it a few weeks ago and have not completed it. I started playing it a f- uh, about a week ago mm-hmm. and have completed it. Yeah, when they announced it, because I think they actually mentioned it in the keynote for the Apple conference that we're not talking about. <laughs> and I did buy it straight away. As soon as I heard it, I was like, right, on the App Store, four ninety nine, well spent. I bought it after we recorded that WWDC episode that we're not going to talk about. (laughs) And since then, I've been playing it maybe like a couple of levels a night. Okay, that's good. And a couple of nights ago, I finished it. Is it? Because I think one of the criticisms of Monument Valley 1 was that it was quite short. Yes. Does that apply to Monument Valley 2? Yes. Okay, yeah. Um. It is sort of the definition of short but sweet. Yes, it is gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Every level you want to take a screenshot of it, but it is which short. Which they make easy, which is nice. Mm-hmm. They do make it they super easy. They give you the easy. tools to share. That's smart. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about Monument Valley 2. Let's um, do it. So of what you played, what are some of the things that are noticeable for you? So I think... In general, the puzzles got a little bit harder. I think that's another criticism you could say of, Mo- of Monument Valley 1 is while it was certainly fun, it was reasonably easy. I don't think I ever particularly got stuck. Um, and I think it's still reasonably easy, but it is a little bit harder, I think. Um, it is kind of cute how they've reintroduced characters like the one-eyed totem pole. <laughs> Who probably has a name that I don't know. Yeah, I... I shall call him Toti. <laughs> Mr. Totes. So Mr. Totes is back, which is really cute. And even the chapter is called Ro Meets an Old Friend. And I was like, oh. Uh, but another thing I found is really upsetting was when she gets separated from her daughter for the first time. I was like, oh, God. Were you... I was on a train at the time. Did you have the audio on for the game? So I've turned off audio, of course, because 
as we know, I like to listen to podcasts while I casually game on my iPhone, which I think I am missing out. I think they even say it's better with sound. They chide you a little bit if you turn off sound, but I disregarded that warning. So I played like the first half of the game without sound and it's still absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I did feel a little bit of a twang in my heartstrings (laughs) when Ro did get separated from her daughter. Um... And it happens really early on, too, like you said. Yeah, maybe like second or third level. It does play those dramatic events really well, um, just from a yeah. visual standpoint and from like, you know, it fits in all together really well from like a puzzle standpoint as well. And from like uh, the narrative of the entire game. Yes, it's very subtle and like well, mm-hmm. well done. Yeah. yeah, and the overall narrative, I think, is like you can interpret it in like multiple ways, but there are some like really good messages that are in there. And now I'm trying to remember what happened in Monument Valley 1. What was it? So, what basically what happens in Monument Valley 1? It turns out she's made of crows. She is the crow. Something like, you know, like. She is Mr. Crow. I actually found Monument Valley 1 to be really boring. It's a gorgeous <laughs> game. Wow, this is a revelation. But it was really boring. I actually didn't finish it. I'm going to have to look this up now because I think it turns out that she's a crow. Now I'm Googling, is Ro a crow? Oh, wait, is she called Ida? Wait, what? What? Who's yeah. the character called? Am I confusing I, myself? Yeah. I was pretty sure she was called Ro. Oh, man, I've not done my research for this show, clearly. I don't think they're the same characters. Oh, wait, here we are. At the end of the game, the player finds out that the crow people a.k.a. crows, mm. were actually Princess Ida's subjects who were cursed along with her as punishment for stealing the sacred geometry. Once the curse is lifted, they all transform back into multicolored winged crows. Spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> a post-spoiler post alert for a three-year-old game. Okay, so she's not made of crows, but they were merely her subjects. There you go. Yeah, it's a completely different person. Sam is now showing me a picture of a that's Monument Valley silhouette one. of a lady with a hat. Yeah, she puts the things in her hat. Okay, right. one was she's a different color in Monument Valley too. Different color. Wow. All right. See, this is how little t- attention I pay. Oh, she has a round hat, not a triangular hat, and an orange cowl. <laughs> okay, right. That's why she has a different name, different person. The way that they introduced that as well just made it seem like it was some sort of continuation, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, there was it's, it's one of those things where like they, they're so good with the balance of different things mm-hmm. where there's just enough challenge, there's just enough story to drive things forward. Um, I feel like they don't linger on a single type of puzzle right? to have you feel like it's, oh, this is just the same thing over and over again. Right, they are um, introducing new mechanics in yeah. each chapter in a nice way. But I did feel like even if they did that, um, I didn't find the puzzles challenging enough. Yeah. And just as I wanted to do more of that kind of puzzle, you moved on to the next thing. And I did appreciate that in a way, but I did feel like I wanted to get a little bit more out of it. Because by the end of it, it was over before I knew it. I really enjoyed the journey that I went through, but there's, to me, there's no replayability. It is not like 
God damn that game with the Steam bots and mm. the things. What was where that things one? can go differently. Steam World Heist. Steam World Heist. Yes. Where I played that through maybe five times. <laughs> wow. <laughs> On the increasing difficulty level, right? Like they, That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I got a little bit sucked into that game. Um, not sure how I feel about the hand-drawn snowflakes. I like it. Yeah, I liked it once. And then the second time, I'm like, okay. Third time, I'm just like, scribble! <laughs> get! All right, I get it. Put this hand-drawn snowflake in your hat. I think it was a great way to like end things out and add a little bit of like your customization to the level because it does persist. Like mm-hmm. It gets saved in there, and you can sort of revisit the ones that you've drawn. Um, but several times I got frustrated and finished too quickly before it had completed, and then you have to start all over again. Start all over. Snowflake! Right, but I did like the little differences between the snowflake that you drew with Roe and the snowflake that you drew with the little one. Uh-huh. Oh. Um, there are slight differences there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like they could have lingered it. They could have lingered on things just a little bit more. I know that they probably wanted to make it snappier and like they're probably thinking it's better if a person actually finishes this rather than gets bored by it and stops. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just some of the things in there are just absolutely amazing. Technically, visually, um, like, I, I want to say, like, from a gameplay perspective, it's it's really well done. Yeah. There's a couple of YouTube videos, sort of, like, behind-the-scenes making of, uh, which is definitely worth worth a watch. But they were saying how they really liked the idea of a mother-daughter story, because they felt like you don't get that. That's not a story that's often told in uh, popular culture. Which I was like, huh, yeah, that's probably kind of true, really. And there's just there's just one quote that was really resonating that resonated a lot with me um, as a parent daughter thing that Aww. I actually took snapshots of screenshots. Let me see. And it happened to be like my daughter's birthday as I was playing it, and and you happened to be in a strange MC Escher style world where you were walking along and then you were upside down and then you were impossibly on the other side of the triangle. Um, it is easy to be nervous when she grows so quickly. Oh. Often the challenges we face do not require the strength to hold on, but the strength to let go. And I was like, <laughs> That's good. I will endeavor to pick it up again. I think just Dots and Co. got in the way. So I've given up on Dots and Co. <laughs> I have tried it out. Moving on to Dots and Co. Seamless. Yep. <laughs> I played eight levels. Okay. So Dots & Co. is a new game f- from the people that bought you Dots and Two Dots. They have a, they have a theme. They have a type. And then I deleted it. Okay. <laughs> so I figured out why I dislike it so much. Pray tell, Sam. Pray tell. Visually, it's, it's really great. Really cute. They, it's, it's obviously a finely crafted game. They've added some more characters. They've added some character more design. characters. The gameplay is still roughly the same. I yeah. haven't noticed anything that's vastly different, except for your pet or like your friend helping you out, getting rid of some dots if yeah. you fill up their meter. <clears throat> but the reason why I don't like it is... A monkey could play this game. Like, there's absolutely no thinking when it comes to playing this game. Mm, I am going to disagree a little bit. You, they, the dots are random, and I understand why that is annoying to some people. 
But, I mean, to be able to plan a few moves ahead to be able to create a square. You can plan a few moves ahead、yeah. to be able to create a square. But the opportunities that exist for that to happen is beyond your control.、Uh, right. Well, the dots have to be on the board to start. Yes. Yes. You don't know what's coming next. Right. You want a Tetris style. And so that part、preview. is like absolutely random. Yeah.、Um, but I found myself playing the game and there was absolutely no thought in me completing levels. I was just like, blah, 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 blah. Sure. I was only on level eight. Right. But I was like, you know, this is enough. I, I, I got it. I, <laughs> I don't need to spend any more time on this game. Yeah. If you, if you didn't like two dots, there is nothing in here that will change your mind. The things that I did appreciate、um, is the fact that I think now they've vectorized everything. Oh. So everything in the background are either done with like some simple polygons or some sort of SVG where it loads very quickly. Yep, it is snappy.、Um, but it still looks pretty gorgeous.、Um, and you can tell like there's going to be expansions for it. Like it's just going to continue on telling this like visual story in the background. Yeah, in fact, you can, you can scroll all the way along up to 100. And, oh, God, there's so many. Oh, God. But yeah, it is gorgeous. Yeah, it does give you that, that feeling of progress,、um, which was lacking in some of the other games we've played in the past. Whose names currently escape me.、Uh, but it's free. There's, I mean, they obviously try to,、uh, to game you out of as much money as possible. But what I like is that it's, while it's still fairly prominent in trying to push you to buy things, it's not completely obnoxious. It's sort of tastefully ish done in terms of the sort of upselling. So I appreciate that. Because I am not spending any money on this shit. So, <clears throat> from what you played so far、yeah. of Dots and Co., what would be the score that you give it? Well, I think I can, I can totally understand your side of it. If, I think if you're the kind of person that has enjoyed Candy Crush and just like those fairly mindless matching games, you'll like this. If you don't, then you won't. I think there's really nothing, <laughs> there's nothing new really in the gameplay. There's some like, oh, some new mechanics and new like special types of dots that have come. But in terms of actual gameplay, it's exactly the same as、uh, all of those other games. So I think I can still appreciate the genre. Yeah. Right? Like I can appreciate the game that it's made. Is there a name for this genre? The, the puzzle dot, game. The matching. It's a, it's a casual puzzle game. Mm. Mm. Casual puzzle mobile game. Casual puzzle dot matching game. Right. I would put stuff like Bejeweled. Candy Crush, all、yeah. in the same vein. I would not put Monument Valley in this vein. Although it is a puzzle game. It is a puzzle game, but I don't think it's. No matching of colors required. Right. Yeah, agreed. It's not like a, a brainless game. <laughs> Monument Valley is a little bit more cerebral.、Um, and there are more things that you can appreciate. But having said that, I think I'd still give it, I'd give Dots and Co. a three out of five. Ooh. Because I do appreciate、yeah. all the work and all the effort. Things are timed really well. It doesn't, bother, it doesn't bother you with like unnecessary stuff like stupid ads in between. Yeah.、Um, yeah. You yeah. can play it for free without you having to buy anything. Yeah. There's no like, watch this ad to get some coins. Right. All that shit.、Um, Monument Valley, however, if I were to give it a score, 
I still would give it like a high four out of five. Mm -hmm. I would agree. It's almost perfect. Um, except for like the replayability factor, I think. And I think yeah. I feel like I'm asking too much when I say that. Um, I feel like... Because uh, it must be incredibly hard to design those levels. Totally. Like and working in, in a... You know, like in a geometry that doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, like it's right. so bonkers. To, this is yeah. this is definitely the type of game where they have to be the masters at the game to produce more levels for it. Yeah. And it's not something where they can just generate algorithmically. Yes. Yes, this wouldn't be the infinite runner <laughs> style game. Desert golf style. And, you know, they, they not only have to think about it from an aesthetic standpoint, they also need to think about it from like a solvability solvability standpoint where... Sure, we've made this excellent level, but can people actually solve it, right? And so, tons of thinking, uh, but at the same time, just because of like the the breadth of the wild, the game of the wild, uh, it's yeah. it's like a high five out of high four out of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Lara Croft, the new levels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've not played it. Okay. Was that, you, was that in the assignment? No, no. It's just something that popped into my head. Um, we have mentioned previously. Oh, I've got a little bit husky. Right. <laughs> <coughs> I will have to revisit it because it is a game that I do enjoy playing. Mm, okay. All right. Well, I'll set that as homework. That is homework. And I'll set another bit of homework <clears throat> okay. in this similar vein. Sonic the Hedgehog is on iOS now. All right. I will check it out. A little caveat is that I, I can't stand on-screen controllers. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be fascinated to hear what you have to say about it next week. Okay. Um, I do have homework for you. Oh, perfect. Yes, this is good. Uh, there's a game which actually came across my Instagram feed. Oh. Um, it's well called... done, Facebook, with your Instagram targeting. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the game is called Bowmasters. <laughs> Okay, great. I'm, I'm in already. <laughs> is it uh, archery based? It is. Ooh. Um, I would heavily recommend you initially to pay like the dollar ninety nine to get rid of the the display ads. Mm. Let's see. Wow, Bowmasters, the top multiplayer bowman archery game. Bowmasters. Okay. Wow. And the name of the production of the game studio, Plagendary. Yeah, it's a stupid name. Play. Mm, yeah, that doesn't quite work. Yeah, I thought it had like something to do with gender, but I think they're just trying to right. mash Legend. the word legendary and play together. Plagendary. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So there's a three ninety nine version, or there's a free version. Is this the right game? Yes. Uh, get the three ninety nine version. I didn't even realize there was a. Oh, look at you spending my money! I'm sure I can, I can expense this <laughs> with our with our budgets. Yeah. Oh my god, this is like golf, but with arrows. It's also it's like more dangerous. It's also like an old game golf. called Scorched Earth, which is sort of like a a tank game where you have to remember the trajectory and the power. Oh, right. Yeah. But the really neat thing about this game that I appreciate the most... <laughs> well, this is brutal. ...is that 
It's responsive. Poor Jim. So you can flip your phone in vertical mode, and it'll still be um, completely playable. Oh. Well, you have to like unlock your rotation or something. Oh, like that. yeah. Yep. Give it a go. Everything gets configured for um, portrait mode. Makes it a lot easier to play on the go. And it's it's been my sort That's of true. mindless um, <laughs> while listening to podcasts sort of game. That was some uh, targeted advertising that worked. There is one bit of it that drives me insane. Okay. Wow. Um, and we'll talk about that on the next show. Boom. All right. Let's do it. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Great. That's a wrap.